Welcome back, everybody, to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Heavy Hockey Network. I'm Devin Davidson, your host. With me, as always, Bruce Gunther. Hello. It's a, it's a small crowd for this episode, Bruce. Very empty here in the uh, in the studio. Yeah, I, I Very don't have empty. No background set either, so the the background nope. in Streamyard just looks <laughs> sad. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's barren. Generally, it's so packed it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, <laughs> here we are, episode one hundred and fifteen. Tonight we're going to do kind of a fun episode. This is more of an impromptu episode, and and really the way it came up was uh, our buddy Blake put out his projection for Andre Kuzmenko, and it had me thinking, okay, what, what would I project Kuzmenko for? So I went and looked at the numbers, and sweet Jesus, we're in for some fun with that guy. <laughs> and it just had me thinking, who else is a potential fantasy hockey bust in 2023-2024? So that's what we're going to cover tonight, five potential busts for next season. Um, should be a fun one. Should be a, a relatively short episode by our standards, too. Yeah, I would imagine so. <laughs> Not an hour and a half this time. Let's see if we can, let's no. see if we can hammer it out in about half an hour. There you go. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Flaviar. Refine your palate with spirits from around the world. Sample and train your palate with curated tasting sets. Buy bottles at a discount and curate your home bar. Socialize and learn together with other members. Visit flaviar.com slash FHH today to save 10% when you sign up for a subscription. Available to listeners in the United States, United Kingdom, and European Union. Okay, and since John's not here, we're still going to do John's list, as we as we typically do. Nice. Um, so for those of you that are new, John's list is basically just John's shit list of players past and present, as well as some interesting and current topics from around the hockey world. If you have any <laughs> suggestions for players or topics, please feel free to send them in to us. We're always open to feedback. Uh, okay. This week, this is more for John, the, the poor guy. Definitely for John. He's, he's having a rough go uh, at work, and one of his employees, I'm going to call him Parts Dave, um, decided to leave for lunch. And then sent John an email saying he's not coming back. <laughs> so, Dave, you're on the list this week, my friend. That is that is not the way you tell somebody you're leaving your work. <laughs> well, not that he's not coming back for a shift. He's not coming back at all. Ever. Yeah. If, Ever. The, if that wasn't clear, he just, he walked out the door, went to a job interview at lunchtime, and then sent John an email to say he was never coming back. Oy, oy, oy. Um. I guess, you know, maybe I should be an honorary member of the list this week, too, because I messed up our scheduling last week. I had mentioned that Matt Larkin was coming on this week for our Pacific Division preview. Um, I got my wires crossed. Doesn't matter. Long story short, we're going to have parts one and two of the fantasy of the uh, Pacific Division fantasy preview next week. So we'll have two episodes out for you next week for that. Um, This week, we're kind of doing an impromptu episode. and, And then we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming, Bruce. Sounds good. Alrighty. Uh, and then for anyone that missed it, Dauber's 2023-2024 Fantasy Hockey Guide is now available. Go get yours now. I dug into it a little bit last night, Bruce, but it did come out, um, I think it was around 10 o'clock here. Um, so I didn't read through it too, too much. But I haven't downloaded it yet. I'm on holidays this week, so I'm planning on doing very little. So <laughs> well, this this is, this is great holiday reading material, Bruce. I know I should be, but I... Uh... I've been holding down the couch quite efficiently this week. So Nice. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, five potential busts in 2023-2024. This is going to be an in-depth look at five players that overachieved um, and or were unusually lucky in 2022-2023. 
we're expecting those players to have inflated ADPs heading into drafts this fall, uh, but also expected to take a step back in the new season. Fantasy managers are going to overspend for these players and be disappointed with the results at season's end. Uh, We put together kind of a a scale here, Bruce. So level of concern uh, is a scale from one to five, one being least concerned and five being most concerned. And we're going to kick things off with the guy that we already talked about, Andre Kuzmenko from the Vancouver Canucks. My level of concern for this guy is five big red flags. Uh, <laughs> like I said, the, the, this episode is basically was was inspired by Blake's projection on on Kuzmenko because when I looked at his numbers, there were some real like some real big red flags there. So the first thing is his individual shooting percentage is twenty six point eight percent last season. Oh boy, that's not sustainable at all. No, no, we know that's not sustainable. Uh, his secondary assist rate per sixty was one. Anything above 0.5 is like generally not sustainable, or you expect some sort of regression, right? And um, yeah, so that that's interesting. And then the uh, the team even strike shooting percentage with him on the ice was thirteen percent. Again, quite high. We expect some regression there. And we don't have any historical numbers to really work with uh, for Kuzmenko specifically, but almost 37% on the power play. Holy crap. So lots and lots of things to be concerned about with Kuzmenko for next season. I mean, look, I, I was talking to uh, to Ryan, right? We had Ryan Black from Puck Dynasty yeah. in here uh, a couple weeks ago. And he said, you know, the one thing about Kuzmenko is that he was an elite shooter in the KHL. So some of these numbers may not be totally totally out to lunch uh obviously not anywhere near what we would expect so i i'm just really curious to see how he does in his second season but i i'm expecting a big a big step back so um looking at that individual shooting percentage like i said this first year in the nhl we don't have a whole lot to work with but um his shooting percentage ranks third among all nhl players with a minimum of 40 games played over the last 25 seasons holy cow third uh, only Matt Johnson and Stu Grimson, who had <laughs> the, Grim, a, the Grim Reaper, <laughs> yes, who had a thirty-three percent shooting percentage in fifty-seven games and a thirty percent shooting percentage in seventy-three games. But here's the thing: when I looked at the numbers closely, those players, Matt Johnson, only had twenty-one shots on goal, and Stu Grimson had ten. The whole season, the whole like in seventy-three games played. <laughs> so, unless unless wow. NHL.com is feeding me some some wonky numbers. I mean, you can understand why those numbers are so high. So really, if you look at it, wow. this is, this is just like crazy, crazy stuff for Kuzmenko in terms of individual shooting percentages. Um, then I went a little further and I said, if you filter those numbers for players that played a minimum of 80 games in a season, there's just 25 players in the past 25 years to shoot above 20% through a full season. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, not not something I expect Kuzmenko to to duplicate um, for 2023-2024. So you're going to see some regression that way. Uh, just uh, Actually, another recent example here. So William Carlson. William Carlson had that great season in Vegas in 2017-2018. Uh, he shot 23.4% on 184 shots on goal. Both career highs for him. The following season, he scored just 24 goals on fourteen point two percent. Yeah, that was the uh, their inaugural inaugural season, right? Yeah, and and he hasn't or he was and he hasn't broken twenty goals since. No, he hasn't. He 
Yeah, well, he hasn't dropped off a cliff, but he hasn't been anywhere near what his original one was. His original season. Yeah, and so, I mean, I'm not suggesting necessarily that Kuzmenko was going to fall off a cliff next season, but uh wouldn't totally surprise me if he went from what he did to 10 or 15 goals less, I guess. Um, all right, and then I wanted to look at the secondary assist rates per 60. So when you look at that number, obviously you benefited from some luck at one uh, secondary assist per 60 minutes played. That was actually first among all skaters. Um, when I looked at players that played a minimum of 40 games last year, uh, for comparison, Tim Stutzla and Vladimir Tarasenko both had secondary assist rates of 0.57 per 60 last year. And so just looking at that number specifically as a comparable, if that was the rate for Kuzmenko last year, he would have had seven fewer secondary assists right there. Oh, wow. So it's going to be a big drop off for this guy, I think. Um, and so then looking at his, his team's even strength shooting percentage at 13%, that's going to regress a little bit. We'll see some more points come off his totals. Um, and then, like I said, that power play percentage at 36.8% was just crazy. That was actually uh, first among all players that took a minimum of 30 shots on the power play last season. And for reference, Leon Dreisaitl was at 30.4% on the power play. And that was the NHL's best power play ever. And he shot 30.4%. Kuzmenko shot at 37. So, Wow. So basically, they're just feeding the puck to Kuzmenko when he's scoring. That's basically what they were doing. I think, well, that's probably part of it, but I'm sure he's just converting on an exceptionally high percentage. Like, that's just, I don't expect that to happen again. But I could be wrong. So, like I said to uh, to Blake, um, this is on, on Twitter, I just said, I, I'm expecting Kuzmenko to be more of a, a 60-point, 30-goal guy next season. That's where my expectations would be. Uh, keeping in mind and, and with the understanding that there's an obvious upside to his game, right? If he does continue to shoot at a very high rate um, and or continue to be lucky, but... I, I yeah, for the chances of him to repeat that is pretty slim, I, yeah. I would say. Yeah, there's there's some some numbers here we haven't seen from, uh, from anyone in a long time, right? So... No kidding. Especially for someone playing in the league for their first year. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like he he probably could have been if he was eligible, he would have been a Calder Trophy winner, right? Oh, absolutely. So that's kind of is he's what twenty seven? Twenty seven. Yeah, he's a little little outside the. Oh man, that would have had John fired right up if we were talking <laughs> about <laughs> Calder Trophy winners being twenty seven years old coming from the KHL. <laughs> oh yeah, that would not be good. That would be not good at all. Uh, and I agree with him. I, I don't like that either. We've talked about that in the past, but uh, yeah. All right, number two on this list, and it's probably not a surprise to you guys, but or to you, uh, Bruce, I would say. But Jamie Ben, center left wing, eligible for the Dallas Stars. Uh, for me, again, five big red flags for this player. I I do not expect him to be where he was at this past season. 78 points and 33 goals after four consecutive seasons of playing at a 46 to 56 point pace over 82 games. Um, I, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, they're a good team, right? Dallas is a, is a fantastic yeah. team in the West. They're going to be great again, but can you really expect a now 34 year old Ben to, to post another 78 point season? Maybe he had a blood transfusion with Joe, Pavel, Joe Pavelski. <laughs> They're just taking blood from Pabelski and sticking it into Sagan and Ben and hoping that it'll just 
You know what? That that could be true. Or maybe Joe just showed him where the fountain of youth is. <laughs> or showed him where to stand so the puck could bounce off his butt. <laughs> I I don't know. Either way, I, I'm I'm pretty bearish on on Ben for next season. Um, that, yeah, there's no. He's going to go ridiculously high, and they're going to be very disappointed with him. Yeah, and and that's really the thing is when I'm looking at these five players, it's it's not to say that all of them are going to fall off a cliff necessarily, but there's there's numbers to show that they potentially can and it's really about where where fantasy managers are going to be selecting these players in drafts right i mean people are going to look yeah. at ben and go oh ben's back well no i think that was an outlier season i think we're gonna we're gonna see something similar to what he's done the past four seasons instead yeah so yeah, i would agree so i guess digging into the numbers a little bit and and all of this is available on our website fantasyhockeyhacks.com so i've actually given some uh, detailed analysis for anyone that wants to kind of read through this a little bit more. But he did post five-year highs in the power play last year, so 22.8% uh, shooting. Uh, 57 shots in the power play was a career high. Power play shots and goal per 60 at 14.2, and power play time and ice per game at 256 were, were five-year highs. So um, I don't necessarily expect to see that duplicated. Uh, he's averaged actually 17.6% uh, shooting uh, on the power play over his career. So if we can expect something similar to that, um, but the other thing too is is, is shots and goal per sixty at fourteen point two, he's unlikely to repeat that. So if he was to fire pucks at a rate of nine point eight um, or, or even ten point four shots and goal per sixty, which we've seen from him more recently, um, he could be closer to seven power play goals instead of the whatever it was um, thirteen, I think. So like, there's going to be some drop off there just on the power play, I think. Power play time could be another thing too, depending on how that lineup shakes out. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see, and we talked about it a couple episodes ago. But you've got Matthew Shane there, you've got White Johnson, you've got Tyler Sagan. Like they're they're top six. There's lots of guys there. And now it's even kind of uh, filled it up a bit more on the in the top nine. So definitely, it's uh, if he takes a step back this year, does he lose some power play time too? We'll we'll have to see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ben's individual shooting percentage was also a career high at 17.4%. So from 2019 to 2022, he averaged 10.2%. Uh, and then last season, 17.4. So quite a jump for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that in itself, you're, you're going to see some regression next season. You, you can guarantee it in terms of shooting percentage. Um, the one thing that he's been really consistent with, though, is his shot rate at 8 He's been between 8 and 8.9 shots on goal per 60 over the past seven seasons. So my assumption here is if he goes 8.5 shots on goal per 60 and a 10.2-ish, uh, he could potentially fall to 19 goals next season. And that's a that's a big drop-off from where we just saw him, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. 33 goals to 19. Now, I, I don't know he'll necessarily... That's a big jump. That, that's a, yeah, right? That's... that's that's where the bust comes in because people are going to be expecting more goals than he's going to post here, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, even even if he can convert at his career average of 13.5% and maintain his deployment from last season, I think you're still only looking at, at around 24 goals. And that's still a nine-goal difference from last year. So I think it could get ugly in terms of goal scoring for Jamie Benn. Oh, if you could very even like the, even with your projection here at I. Yikes, I don't even know if I would go that high. Yeah. And I don't run any numbers. That's just watching which is what just watching him play over the past few years. That just it seems high. 
And it could be, right? I mean, yeah, especially like, and you look at his secondary assist rate. So that's the other thing I want to talk about. Um, that was the third highest of his career at 0.86 secondary assists per 60. That's an 87% increase from the year prior and a 32% increase over his career average of 0.64. So I would say if, if we see him closer to his career average, you can expect a decline of at least four secondary assists for, for next season. Um, so all in all, like I said, 63 points and 24 goals. Like that's, that's maybe me being a little bit generous, but, and it, it, you're right, Bruce, it could fall off the rails a little further even. Cause where they got him projected for next year, they've got him on the left side on the second line projected for next year. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, all of this is, is sort of speculation based on last year's deployment yeah, and, and you know, what we've seen from, daily face-off or Daub or whoever, wherever they have those guys yeah. slotted into the lineup. But I mean, things can change, right? And um, Definitely. But I guess my, I'm just, In- it's a word of caution, right? Be careful. Don't draft this guy. Because like last year, uh, one source had him taken at 194th on average in ESPN leagues, and he was actually undrafted in Yahoo, or at least not listed. Um, yeah. According to the site I looked at. So, and he's going to go much yeah, higher no. next year. I would not be drafting him as a point-per-game player. He would be very much a late-round flyer for me. Well, and I, I saw there was actually a, a tweet from Mike, our buddy over at Left Wing Lock, um, and he had it was sort of like the who is this player based on... Oh, yes. You know, yep. Right? So And and it was Jamie Benn, right? I had actually guessed that one correctly, but uh, Left Wing Lock is putting Ben on their do-not-draft list this fall. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> He's not on my draft list. I mean, if I can get him late again, right? If he's sitting there in the right format, it probably makes some sense. If if he's like you said, a late round flyer or, or last round flyer, yeah. but I'm not reaching for the guy. That's for sure. No, definitely not. Same with this next guy. Same with this next guy. So let's move on to this one. Uh, Linus Allmark, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner. My my level of concern here, Bruce, is I'm I'm going to go with four red flags as opposed to five because I think. He's, he's still a great goaltender, and, and there still is yeah. some level of talent in Boston, but have you seen their center depth? <laughs> it's going to, well, Bergeron's retired. Krejci's probably going to be, probably going to be next. Yep. Traded yep. away Hall. Bertuzzi opted to sign in Toronto. And Orloff left, too. Yep, signed a two-year deal so in they, Carolina. They still, and I think they had to, I think they had another defenseman leave too, whether by choice or by not. I can't remember. But I I cannot see Olmark repeating his season from this year. I just cannot. That goal save above expected. There is no chance. He <laughs> There's no chance that he, uh, even with the goals against it, like you look at all three of those numbers, you look at this goal against average at 189 and a 938 save percentage and 48.87 goals saved above expected. Like there is just no way he can repeat that. Yeah, those those no are way. astronomical numbers. And so I, I again I, I dug in this a little bit, and over the past twenty five years, only four goaltenders that have played a minimum of twenty five games have posted a better even strike save percentage than the nine forty four that Allmark sported in two thousand twenty two two thousand twenty three. And those goaltenders were Dominic Hasek had a nine forty seven. 
in 64 games played. Tim Thomas had a 947 in 57 games played. Uh, Brian Elliott, a 945 in 38 games played. And Anton Kudobin with a 945 in 30 games played. Elliott did that? Apparently. Did it say which team he was playing for when he did that? I'd have to go back and look, Bruce. But it was it was on NHL.com, so. Wow. Even for Hudobin, that's that's impressive. Yeah, so I, I guess my point just wow. being here that he's not he's not going to duplicate those numbers even if the same roster were were returning next season. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that would get that. <laughs> those numbers are just ridiculous. Uh, and then the other thing I noticed too was that his PK save percentage at 900 is is due for some, I guess, fairly significant regression. So uh, as we talked about before in this podcast, the penalty kill for goaltenders, it, it should be, uh, the average is about 860 uh, on okay. the penalty kill. So expect that number to kind of creep back to 860 as opposed to 900. And that is obviously going to have um, some influence on his final numbers. So then again, just looking back at draft position, I was able to get him, Bruce. I look back through some of our drafts, and I got him at 227th overall last year in our FHHL league. Well, in our ESPN league, he went undrafted. Somebody somebody picked him up shortly after the draft as a waiver wire pickup. It's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. He wasn't even, yeah, it's just nuts. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely like, nuts. Yeah, everyone thought Jeremy Swayman, right? Because I think, did Jeremy Swayman yeah. have a good power or um, postseason? Uh, was that the deal? Like before last year, I think, did he have a good run in the playoffs or something? And that's why people were all high on Jeremy Swayman? Yes. So Omer kind of struggled through down the stretch last year and Swayman came in and picked up the slack. So they thought that Swayman would be the one, possibly the one coming into the season where he'd be the, even though salary wise, you kind of figured it was going to be Omer because he has the much larger salary, but yeah. And then, yeah, uh, and then this happened. So he's going to be, some there are going to be fantasy managers that just, Oh my God! Are they going to pick him really high? They they are. I mean, so, someone who wasn't paying attention, or just maybe the casual fantasy fan, is is going to grab Allmark, thinking that guy's going to crush it again next year. Um, yeah, I, I can't see it happening. I don't. I don't see it happening either. I think looking on the on Frozen Tools, his his quality start percentage was something like eighty five percent. Like just wow. just crazy. Yeah, like he he won a, a silly amount of games last year. It was just. The sixty no, they won. No, he won sixty games, did he not? I'm just gonna pull that number up right now. Uh forty wins. Yeah, but Bruce, forty wins. 40, the team won sixty. Forty wins in forty nine games played. <laughs> wow. Just wow. Yeah. Okay, so there you have it. Yeah. All Merc. Uh gonna take a step back. But that's the funny thing, hey, like zero G. It's that that yeah. is that is a real viable option. There's gonna be one or two goaltenders every year that we're just sitting on the waiver wire, right? Or or we're taking in the oh, last yeah. round of a draft. Oh, look at me. I got the two Leafs goalies in ridiculously late rounds last year in our ESPN league. Nobody wanted Samson off or Murray. <laughs> Ended up getting both of them. Oh boy. Um Okay, well, that's that's all marked for this year. Let's move on to number four here. Vince Dunn of the Seattle Kraken. My level of concern here, Bruce, is is three red flags. Uh, he, he was great for Seattle last season. And he posted... He was. A, he was really good. He was. He was really good. He posted a career-best 64 points and 14 goals in 81 games. 
Um, he posted career best in plus minus uh, with p- plus 28 in hits with 115. Power play points, he had 15. Uh, power play share was at 56, 57%. And time on ice was just under 24 minutes. So, you know, really solid season from him. But before that, he, he had never eclipsed the 40-point mark in his six-year career. No, but he had, he wasn't afforded the opportunity he was given in Seattle either. And that is a very valid point. Um, and I, I guess that's why, like, part of this, I'm saying it's, it's, a, it's kind of a three-flag level of concern because I think he can still be fairly close to what he did this year, but I think he will take a little bit of a step back. Uh, and, and here's why. So his team's even strength shooting percentage, 12.4%. Th- that's a bit high for me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not sustainable for next year. Um, also his, uh, no, that was, oh, okay. Sorry. Excuse me. That was, uh, well above his previous career high of 9.2%. That was another number that I wanted to mention there. So, um, and then looking at his individual shooting percentage, 9.4% was another career high. Um, and I think he's probably closer. Like his three-year average is 7.9% and his career average is 6.9%. So, you know, like not, not massive jumps in his individual shooting percentage, but I, I I can see some modest regression there. Yeah, and it's 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 just one year, right? So how I would look at this is I wouldn't I wouldn't be taking him high this year. I'd want to see what he does this coming year before I would consider drafting him high. Yeah. Yeah. I'd want to see what see if he can he see if he can repeat this, right? He's got a nice big contract now, so he's gonna be hopefully motivated to go out there and and boost numbers from last year. But as a fantasy manager, I think I would probably go with someone more. I would I would try to get someone more established than done and not unless you're unless you want to be a bit of a risk taker and see what see I, what he can do. Yeah, you know I, Seattle did great last year and I think they're they're gonna be they're gonna be a solid team again this year too. So I mean he's getting like you said, now he's getting lots of opportunity and, and he may he may just crush my entire argument here, but I, <laughs> I'm just, I think there's a couple of things to, to keep an eye on. And one is actually Dunn's uh, career high. He posted a career high 0.66 secondary assists per 60 this past season. That was a 40% increase and seven additional secondary assists from the year prior. So if you consider that his career average is, is 0.42 secondary assists per 60, um, I'm expecting at least a six-point decline in in his point total just right there. And then the other thing it still to, isn't that bad. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. But again, these are just numbers to you know. I'm, I'm looking into them, and this is kind of what it is. Um, the other thing too to keep in mind is that his shot rate's been on the decline. His shots on goal per sixty over the past four seasons. So he went from seven point two shots on goal per sixty in 2019-2020 to just four point seven last year. So is, yeah, I mean, he had all this opportunity and he seemed to be shooting the puck a lot less. So I don't know, was he just, is he just getting the puck to the, the forwards and, and he's just firing it less? Is, is it a, a coaching thing? Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Right. But, um, something to keep an eye on too. So my expectation for next year is that he's probably more in that 54 to 58 point range and around 12 goals. Yeah which I still think is great, you know, and if you can get him at it's the right... It's great for a defenseman. Yeah, exactly. And if you can get him at the right price point, then then it's all good. Definitely. Uh, 
but just I don't don't expect him to be a 65 or a 70 point defenseman next year. At least I'm not. I'm not drafting him with that. No, I I wouldn't draft him with that in mind either. All right, beautiful. Uh, last guy here, and Bruce. This one it pains me, but this one's gonna hurt. But we got we got to talk uh, about it. Yep, we know it's coming. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, center left wing eligible. My level of concern is is five big fat red flags. Um, I wrote like an essay on this one, so there's <laughs> there's lots of information here for anyone that cares. But um, I mean, he posted 104 points, right? For the first time in his 12 year career, he was over 100 mm-hmm. points. 37 goals, also a career high. His best before this, Bruce, 69 points and 28 goals. That is a massive, massive jump from his That's career. A huge jump. Uh, 10.8. Tevish, which I mean, it's not super alarming, but again, it's just one more career high, right? So uh, yep. we're looking at things sort of outside of his his normal. Um, his shooting percentage, he converted on eighteen point four percent of his two hundred one shots. Uh, that smashed his three year end career averages of thirteen point one and twelve point two percent, respectively. So just looking at his shooting percentage right there, uh, you can expect some regression with a fair degree of confidence. Yeah, I, I I can't see him repeating. It'd sure be nice being an Oilers fan to see him repeat that. I just I can't see him doing it. No, I I don't either. I I really hope I'm wrong here, Bruce. But time will tell. Yeah. Well, at least we know in our leagues we don't have to worry about it because Tyler is going to take him really high anyway. He doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't, There's we've he got doesn't care. too many guys in our ESPN league that just don't seem to care about ADP at all. They just grab whatever Oilers no. they can as quickly as they can. Yeah. That's why in that league, I don't draft an oiler unless. Yeah, I haven't been able to. <laughs> I just, but yeah, I just let everyone else fight over him and I'll just I'll go to the other teams and they can fight over all the Oilers players. I just I really hope this is the year that I get to draft McDavid or Dreisaitl. I just give me one. It's been like eight years. Just give me one. Damn it. <laughs> well, that's just it. You got to get draft position one or two. And if you don't get those, you're not getting in. No, no. The only one you might get is Jack Campbell. Oh, boy. Evander Kane. I I pr- I'm probably going to Evander Kane before I take Campbell. <laughs> so uh, I'll uh, get Campbell at zero G. There you go. Actually, you know what? That that may be a that may be a sneaky zero G option, Bruce, for next year. I'm hoping so. I I do I do think that there's some bounce back appeal there for sure. Definitely. Uh, getting back to Nugent Hopkins here. I know a lot of people are probably thinking, yeah, but you know what? The guy is a lock on the best pl- power play in league history, and that that is true, but. He shot a career high 25% of the power play. Wow. His career average is 15.6%. So just taking that into account, that would be a six goal drop in total production last season. Uh, so that, and I think that would bring him from, well, then that brings him under hundred points, right? So if he's shooting at his career yeah. average on the power play, he's under hundred points. He's, you know, just over 30 goals. And then the last thing I want to mention uh, is secondary assists per 60. He saw an 83% increase in secondary assists per 60, going from 0.36 in 2021-2022 to 0.66 in 2022-2023. The difference from season to season translated to another six points overall for the other's alternate captain. So you can see, Bruce, how the the points are are piling up here pretty quickly uh, as everything is just incredibly inflated. Oh, yeah. it's Again, it's it's the Oilers, right? This team... When ones can score at will, so the potential is there, but I just, yeah, I don't, with 
also too, you got to remember uh, Evander Kane was out for how many months with his wrist injury? Yeah. During that span as well. So he's going to, his additional playing time was going to cut into that, into the, into that as well, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say there so was, too. There was, there was no Evander Kane level replacement on the team once he, uh, once he went out with his, uh, with his cut. That's right. So I guess between the power play shooting percentage, secondary assist per 60, individual shooting percentage, RNH could see a 23 point decline next season. So I think what I had him at was around, um, around 85 points. I still think he can, yeah, yeah, I still think he can be like a, like an 82 to 85 point player. And I think um, probably closer to 25 to 27 or 28 goals. Like I think that's, that's in the Mm -hmm. realm of possibilities, but don't, don't expect another 37 goal season from Ryan and Hopkins next season. It'd be nice, but I just, as a fantasy fantasy manager, sorry, I, I just can't see him doing it. No. And, and the other thing, too, is now, you know, given the the level of production we saw last year, um, he's going to go way, way earlier than his ADP of 142 last yeah. season. Tyler's going to take him in, like, the third round. Guaranteed. Because he knows, yeah, he's going to be gone <laughs> if he doesn't. So uh, yeah. I, I we got Nuge, I think, 131st uh, in our – was that the experts league we're in? I think it was the eleventh round we were able to snag him. So yeah, I think that was great value for us last year in that league. Oh, absolutely. How many? How many hundred and four point players do you take in the eleventh round? Not many. Not many. So that was pretty cool. Uh, okay, and then just there's a couple quick honorable or dishonorable mentions. Um, so just a couple more guys to consider here for next season that that could be a bust: Jared McCann, Jeff Skinner, Brock Nelson, Alex Kalorn, and Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, there's so McCann's. I see McCann on there, but he's two years in a go. Is it two years in a row now? He's put up thirty. Well, did, he had forty this last year, didn't he? Is it forty? Let's pull up his numbers here too. I'm terrible. I bring all this stuff up when I don't check any stats. No, yeah, he did. He had. He had... <laughs> I'm. I'm having a Tyler week. I just read the notes as we signed on, so I didn't do any research. Uh oh. <laughs> Tyler. But, uh, Tyler just said I thought we were on at nine thirty. Um. He missed the entire episode. Yeah. (laughs) Oops. That's okay. It was a short one tonight. Um, Yeah, Jared Jared McCann, 70 points, 40 goals last year in 79 games. And then what did he do the previous year? Uh, 27 in 74. But he jumped around a bit the previous year, right? Well, I mean, he's yeah, he had 43 games played in 2020, 2021. He had 14 goals for Pittsburgh. Again, he like he played 14 minutes a night in Pittsburgh that season, uh, and he still managed to post 14 goals. So that's that's pretty good. Um, but his his shot production actually improved these past couple seasons too. So he was at um, in 2020 9.2 shots and goal per 60 in 2021 2022 he was at 10 shots and goal per 60. Um, you know, offensive zone starts increased a little bit. And then he also, he, he had some luck here too. So he was at 12.6, uh, his five on five shooting percentage, um, with him on the ice. And then of course his, his individual shooting percentage at, uh, this past season was 19% and that's a career high for him. So. Yeah. Out of all these one, two, three, four, five, he'd probably be the one that I would consider that would probably be the closest to repeat. 
Skinner, I don't have any confidence in him repeating just because I think he could get pushed down the chart here as the young players start picking up in Buffalo. Brock Nelson plays for the Islanders. You pretty much don't need to hear any more about that. <laughs> uh, Kaloran went to Anaheim. That's pretty much all you need to know about that. Uh, and D'Angelo will be the interesting one now that he's back in Carolina. Where is he going to play? I'm, I'm assuming to bring him back, they're bringing him back to run the power play. But not over Brent Burns, though, right? Well, what else does D'Angelo do? He doesn't defend. I don't know. And that's that's a good question, Bruce. I mean, I, I like the contract at $1.6 million for one year. Maybe maybe he's some insurance in case Burns can't run the power play, trips over his beard. I'm not really sure. Like, <laughs> I don't it, know either. It's... And that's, that's why I kind of have him on this list because I – He's not going to be the Tony D'Angelo that that ran the power play in New York or, you know, was was fantastic in Carolina. Like he's just he's not going to be the same player, I don't think. He's going to have power play 2 and probably third pairing minutes. That that's my guess right now. It's all going to depend on how they how they deploy him. Like I think for them to bring him back at that at that I think they will, I think they're going to put him on I think they're going to flip Burns and D'Angelo. I think they're going to put D'Angelo on power play 1 and they're going to move Burns down to power play 2. That would be an interesting call. I mean, if that were the case, all of a sudden he becomes a pretty sneaky sleeper pick for next year. Oh, look what he did on that last one-year contract he did in Carolina. He lit that power, that power play was great. And I think they're hoping they can rebuild that again. Okay. Well, time will tell. If, if, he, does, if he does go off this year, you heard it here first from Bruce. So, um, you know, Alex Kalorn, I kind of wondered, I, I don't have a high degree of confidence he'll do anything this year but he's gonna get pretty prime deployment like it's not a great team but Alex Kalorn should get power play one no he's, he's definitely gonna get opportunity but it's Anaheim but it's Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> sorry until Anaheim actually does something I am not drafting anybody from Anaheim except for maybe Zegers well they were awful last year no question and and we'll talk about that next week in our part one of our fantasy preview for the Pacific division. But I don't know. I, I'm curious. I, I'm really curious to see what Alex Klorn does. For me, he's going to be waiver fodder, right? He's a guy you'll you'll yeah. be able to, you know, unless you're he's in a really deep league. Yet. No, but I mean, yeah. could still have some value. And then Jeff Skinner, going back to him for a second, I wonder if he continues producing just, just through osmosis, just by playing with Tage Thompson. Yeah, if they're going to pin him to Tage Thompson's Tage Thompson's side, then yes, he's going to put up points. His, Tage just seems to be getting better and better and better. And you have he has to get points just based of kind of like the Pat Maroon effect at Edmonton when he was playing with McDavid. Just <laughs> go to the right spot and wait for a pass. That's really all Skinner has to do. <laughs> but you know what? Like, we got to give Skinner some credit too because the guy is a competent goal scorer. Like, he had 30, oh, absolutely. 35 last year. He had 33 the year before. Uh, he had 40. In 2018, 2019, 24 the season before that, 37 the year before that, 28 the year before that. You know, like, he's done quite well. And if you put him with the right personnel and, and give him the right deployment, like we saw it, um, I think, in one season or two seasons in Carolina where he just he kind of got buried in the depth chart, right? And they didn't yep. give him any power play time, and, and he was kind of useless. Um, yeah. But, I mean, 82 points last year. I It's funny, I... I Buffalo's going to be a fun team to watch next year. They got a lot of good young players and definitely they're going to push for the playoffs again. 
they're going to be closer next year than they were this year if they don't make it for sure yeah okay um well that's it bruce we're a little bit over the the 30 minute benchmark i'd set for us that's okay uh 40 minutes will have to do no this is great this is great so (laughs) but this was this was totally just sort of an impromptu episode um i wanted to get something out for the listeners this week just because i screwed up the schedule so uh (laughs) here we are but like i said make sure you guys tune in next week for parts one and two of the pacific division preview uh with matt larkin and caleb kearney from the hockey news it's gonna be lots of fun bruce and i are mostly just gonna listen and ask questions about it there you go and uh, if you want to find us on social media we're on twitter at fh hacks on instagram at fantasy hockey hacks we're on threads i think at fantasy hockey hacks go find us there um and uh, of course like i said check the website fantasyhockeyhacks.com for more information in the blog uh just a few more details on these five players that we discussed bruce thanks for hanging with me i will see you next week sounds good we'll see you then Alrighty, take care